Exciting news at the top of the podcast here, folks. Talking Simpsons is doing another live show in San Francisco, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 5.30 at the Piano Fight Bar. We are going to be doing it again, the same place we did our second live show back in January, March 17th, 5.30 p.m., the Piano Fight Bar on St. Patrick's Day. Bob and me going to be chatting it up, talking Simpsons style. Admission is free, so come and have some fun with us on St. Patrick's Day. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody! Welcome to Talking Simpsons where we curse the name of Walt Whitman. I'm your host, Bob Stagecoach Tilter Mackey. And this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert. Some people say I look like Dan Aykroyd. Hmm. <laughs> and who else? And Chris Antista, and you'll be richer for having lost me. <laughs> what a cry for help. Today's episode is Mother Simpson. When I asked you if that dummy was to fake your own death, you told me no. <laughs> Today's episode aired on November 19th, 1995. And as always, Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps> Put on your holy shit hats because this is the biggest release week of all time. The Nintendo Ultra 64 debuts at Space World Playable. The oh. Beatles Anthology Volume 1 is released along with the first new Beatles song in years <sighs> and uh, clearly made in a four-week fury after the success of Homer Cubed, Pixar's first movie debuts in theaters, Toy Story. <laughs> so shortly after having Paul McCartney on Anthology launches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's when I really first became aware of the Beatles. Despite mm-hmm. being a big Beatle head, my mother never forced it upon me like so many modern parents parents do today like you have to like star wars to watch it no yeah i had that too that my uh my mom was a fan of the beatles as a kid but didn't really put it on me but when i was ready to embrace the beatles mm. i got warmed up to it by watching like yellow submarine a few years before this then i saw when the anthology came out they advertised the beatles so yeah. fucking hard everywhere yeah. it wasn't you couldn't the, escape it it wasn't the first album i saw a commercial for but like during like home improvement in the Simpsons, you're seeing a commercial for a a, re- a record, and they have like a, a CD, like books too. Some, some yeah. network gave up an entire night of programming, multiple like nights. This multi- yeah, it wasn't just one, mm-hmm. just to celebrating the Beatles mm-hmm. and also celebrating like George, Ringo, and Paul are in the same place to record a new Beatles song because. Over that a, was an insane. existing John Lennon song that you could have gotten for free. Yes. Oh, well, sure, but then it wouldn't have been free as a bird. Oh, but, like, why do you break up with a group only to years later in the grave learn that they've all sang a song with you? <laughs> and that's everyone's, your favorite, that's everyone's favorite Beatles song now, right? Yeah. Oh, and we so all great. know it by heart, right? <laughs> free as a bird. I also the Ultra 64 uh, at Space World was quite a big Ooh. deal. I thought saying the word Space World would incite, excite you both yeah, a little oh, more. Yeah. Or Shoshinkai. Actually, Ooh. now I'm such a uh, weeb. I would I would spit on the word Space World. I'd be like, no, it's Shoshinkai. <laughs> but yeah, if uh, for gaming people out there. There was a time when Nintendo shirked everybody else's shows. We're like, we're going to run our own show in Tokyo that will show off all our cool new stuff and just our stuff. And if you want to play the new Mario game a year in advance, you come here. 
And this is what made me want to become a games press person, and then that stopped happening right around when I became a games press person. Yeah, and I, I believe Space World ended in 2001 was the last one, right? That yes. was coincidentally the uh, reveal of Wind Waker that made everyone so angry. Uh, look at look up the Wind Waker episode of Retronauts for that, more uh, on that. And I, I bet that is why they're like, fuck this, we spent all that money <laughs> to get people to shit on our game? You were supposed to clap. <laughs> Please clap. So uh, this is David Silverman's last real episode as director uh, uh, before 2002's Treehouse for 13 so after he comes back from Pixar wow. he is gone for like 7 years but he did direct direct in big scare quotes the 138th episode spectacular no that was pound foolish yeah, so don't be don't be fooled by pound foolish it's actually <laughs> David Silverman also written by uh, Richard Appel mm. uh, you might know him best as the co-creator of the Cleveland show I kid of course he, he did that <laughs> he did. but he also <laughs> co-show ran the one of the, some of the greatest years of King of the Hill in the beginning with uh, Greg Daniels Rich Appel another Harvard jerk uh, he, yes. he, he but he, I, I just like calling people from Harvard Harvard jerks on this show now. And his wife was named Mona Simpson before they divorced in 2012. Tis, wow. Tis. Yes. Uh, it's, it's now more humorous on the commentary. It was recorded when they were married. Yes, but, uh, seven years before they divorced. And Mona Simpson is also the sister of Steve Jobs. That's right. Oh, well, my she God. She didn't find out until she was 25. Oh, my God. Because Steve Jobs was given up for adoption. And so he, he never. I bet those parents feel stupid either. now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is a David Silverman episode. I will say it's not full of the amazing flourishes you'd expect, but the acting mm-hmm. is what really, uh, what really like shines in this episode. Like very specific mouth movements that aren't seen ever again. Just like facial expressions you never see again. Just mm-hmm. very Silverman-y, but not over the top like you hand expect. Hand motions, yeah. dancing around. It's something I said on uh, the community episode we did about the fall of the Simpsons, where I said one thing that that video overlooked and I think a lot of people overlook when they say like why did the Simpsons fall from grace what they don't talk about is the animation and how with a lowered budget or a change in staff that animation gets can get worse and you see in this episode there are good jokes sold very well through good animation mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm thinking uh, specifically of Ned Flanders saying passing away into death and his tongue sticks <laughs> tongue out in a way you out. never see before it just like there's more attention paid to this very specific kind of acting in this episode or the way Abe goes a little from column A yes. a little from column B <laughs> those hand flourishes didn't need to happen at all he could have just said that and like shrugged or done something more boring but that yeah. wouldn't have been as funny it, and, yeah. I will say that this was Richard Appel's uh, pitch for the series mm. uh, this was not created by Oakley and Weinstein but it's very much of this era mm. of the season 7 and 8 era because they are asking the questions that are sort of floating around out there like who is homer's mother mm-hmm. it's a very lore centric episode like the itchy and scratchy the day of violence died and where we find out that jebediah springfield is not who he says he is it's like exploring the lore Con- of the of the series conversely it is fucking odd it's it's been seven seasons we've never heard or seen this woman we, we have never played that well we have but but no one talks about her no like, what happened to it her? was a card unplayed yes. that is for sure but so, is it, was that something in the bible like homer's not to have a mother ever and they like find like <laughs> well, you figured it would have come up a hundred episodes in so it's for true. example you do see her in flashbacks such as yeah. uh look at me or uh mom yeah. i am teddy kenny or oh brother we're out there our brother we're out there mm-hmm. when she is seen on screen and voiced by i believe pamela hayden uh both or, times maggie roswell before maggie being close Rose, yeah yes. but in uh grandpa versus sexual inadequacy they purposely don't show her face mm-hmm. unlike in season two when they did but mm. i it's something that you see on shows when they're in their first season of like well we could answer this question but wouldn't it be cooler to save it for season four and a big guest star Th- that's yes. what i figured it was but then this is season seven well uh, here's my theory on almost that. 
you make a casting choice that means like this is going to be real hard to do again. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. They didn't kill her the first time. I, no, it took two more <laughs> two more episodes of Mona no, to kill her. No, it was four more. Or wait, uh, no, wait, no, she two. appeared more after that. Yeah, but yes, you're. But uh, she is dead. <laughs> yeah, I watched that death episode not knowing she was dying in Whoa. it, and it was like, what the. <laughs> I have I, never seen it. This is it's a bubber. So she is cleared of all charges uh-huh. and comes back and Homer's like, no, I still don't forgive you. You come in and out of my life all the time. I don't forgive you. Then he decides he's going to forgive her. He goes downstairs like, hey, mom, why are you sleeping so quietly oh with God. your eyes open? And she's dead. Uh, like, yeah. you see her corpse on screen. It's... Go back through the Dead Homer Society archives on the message boards. There's a very angry review for me written in about 2008 <laughs> when that episode aired. I didn't like that. Yeah, but I... the other episode she reappeared in, the first one in 2003, was like, I think it was Beautiful Mind parody. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they would show her in flashbacks, but my theory on why they didn't play this card before is like, I bet if Gene and Reese had stuck around, they would have done this pitch in season five, but they then left. And I think David Merkin had just no interest in that. Like mm. he he it's not that he didn't do touching episodes, but those questions I think were kind of meaningless to Merkin. He he wanted to have fun in the Springfield playground. He didn't yeah. want to answer questions. He had more fun breaking the show than developing the universe. Mm. Breaking the show in a good way, I think. Just like playing with it. And in a in a way as creators, I think it was good for them internally to like not answer this question and save it for a rainy day Mm -hmm. and save it for a good when they had a good answer for it and because of that i think it is the most emotionally touching episode of the simpsons ever period i I can't think think of a better one than this i think so maybe i don't cry at the end of lisa substitute though like i do every time with this episode i mean the mom stuff in this does get me i'm very close with my mom me too and so we'll get more into that later Yeah, it does get me uh, a little more on the see a history of mona simpson though so she was never named by somebody on the show but Mm -hmm. in supplemental materials such as the uncensored simpson family album okay she is named penelope olsen i was such a fan i had gone over that family tree that's on the first page Mm -hmm. a billion times as a kid so when this episode came around and her name was not penelope olsen i was like what the fuck (laughs) though they kind of make up for a little later in the episode bart was also not born in 1980 so there's several (laughs) things wrong with that yeah sure fine but also getting glenn close was a big deal that they yeah. apparently pulled the strings with uh, with James L. Brooks, but obviously she must have enjoyed it so much she kept coming back. It surprises me that I couldn't really think of any big Glenn Close movies outside of Fatal Attraction and 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I really don't know any other big ones. Albert Knobs? Uh, never met him. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Albert Knobs, he does. Uh, Is that a real movie? Um, damages? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, it's just a more recent show, movie. Damages. These are all movies for grown-ups. She was, she was primarily a movie person. She was the yeah. heavy on season four of The Shield, and Barry's good, yes. good on that. But yeah, getting Meryl Streep and Glenn Close for The Simpsons, wow. The, she- the Shield season four gave you the showdown you never thought you wanted to see. A taut, dramatic interrogation scene of Glenn Close versus anthony anderson it's really good <laughs> wow like it's it's really great i still can't get over richard pell as the co-creator of the cleveland show it's like mike henry created that character that's after, true and it's his show i'm wow. not saying cleveland show is the fucking worst and yet i have watched probably 20 episodes i think i watched one episode in a hotel room and i'm like this is not terrible but i also don't want to like actively go watch this i mean look i'd watch every it's incredibly not bad no it's (laughs) fine but i mean i'd watch it before any episode of drawn together that's my real bottom american dad is a secret gem of that whole from a guy who just did a whole episode celebrating norm mcdonald and didn't once mention mike tyson mysteries (laughs) i hate that show that show's not i'd rather watch a cleveland show Mm, that's like a 
like an opposite Sophie's choice. I want to kill both children. <laughs> and yet it's Adult Swim every Sunday night. God. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to someday when we can talk about American Dad. Oh, that, ooh, uh, coming uh, soon. Yeah. going to dangle that carrot in front of your patrons like that? Oh, yeah. Also, Richard Pell wrote at the Lampoon, which reminds me, like, I still haven't watched that uh, Lampoon movie. Feel I've heard stupid it's not gesture. Good. Well, it's not a good movie. It's just a fat. It's a fascinating time in comedy. You will like that aspect of it. Well, and I love Will Forte, and like, they do a couple greatest. of really interesting things while try, like trying to like point out the rules that make biopics suck, but it also mm-hmm. completely obeys those rules at the same time and makes a cheesy biopic. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. Oh, you know what? Actually, that's why I'm saying Harvard Jerks because mm-hmm. trying to research Richard Pell, the wiki page sends you to an official Harvard article about wow. the Simpsons mm-hmm. connection to the Harvard Lampoon, which mm-hmm. is very deep. It is such an article to suck off Harvard because <laughs> it was pu- published in Harvard's own thing. The, the thing that drove me the most crazy in it was like, Bill Oakley, class of 88, said that it's like Richard Pell, class of whatever, and it's just like, Jesus Christ. It's the <laughs> most expensive therefore best college ever there is <laughs> i i'd rather go to brown any day man uh, I've, enough, I've had enough brown bashing <laughs> for one day <laughs> all right but this episode starts out with a an underrated sign joke burns a dime the prophet yes. <laughs> that is so fucking funny to me and i want to say i want to speculate once again that it's because uh cyberdyne and terminator 2 uh, ah. The previous uh, Treehouse of Horror had, like, leads me to believe somebody had a VHS copy of T2 That's Judgment. True. Mm-hmm. So like Burns it. formed a for-profit, non-profit. The, the profit people. <laughs> yeah. the, the pro- uh, and he's maintaining a mile of highway, as businesses sometimes do, mm-hmm. and just to really get advertising out via charity. It's and, no miracle mile. <laughs> and I do love that Burns immediately litters as soon as the photo op is yeah. done. Like, <laughs> a local hero shuns spotlight and pitches in. <laughs> and uh, then we also get to see the new bedlam asylum which is the one homer was committed to oh for okay. his pink shirt oh so, more deep cuts from oakley and weinstein i know they they paid attention to the and that's a season well it was broadcast season three which i guess is yeah would count in what oakley and weinstein think is great season three in first viewing of this i mentally knew homer is not dead obviously homer's not dead at the beginning of this episode <laughs> but they go so long yes. that i was like is he dead? And, and, and they go so <laughs> far to this? make it not look like a dummy either. Yes. It just looks like a human being dying. It's even better than the gorge fall. I yeah. love how well animated yes. this is. Hey, where's Holba? How'd he get out of this? Hey, everybody! Up here! Simpson, stop frolicking and get to work. Right away, Mr. Smithers. I'll just walk across these slippery rough. <laughs> oh, no! He's going over the falls! Good. He snagged that tree branch. Oh no! The branch broke off. <laughs> really good for audio. Yeah. Oh good! He can grab onto them pointy rocks. Oh no! Them rocks broke his arms and legs. Oh. oh good! Those helpful beavers are swimming out to save him. Oh no! They're biting him. <laughs> Stealing his pants. <laughs> good lord! He'll be sucked into the turbine. Smithers. <gasps> oh. Who was that corpse? <laughs> Homer Simpson, sir. <laughs> One of the finest, bravest men ever to grace Sector 17. <laughs> 
I'll cross them off the list. <laughs> if they ever, if that was the last Sector Seven G joke, that's a really good finale to mm-hmm. Sector Seven G. I like how they're all narrating that for the sake of no one. Yeah. Oh no, this thing is happening. Oh no, oh no, somebody's going to podcast about this twenty years from now. <laughs> that bite, I love that bite him, steal his pants. Uh, the, the, also, the the breaking of his arms and legs yeah. is so painful looking. Yeah. The, the dummy's arms are all bent in the wrong Did direction. Homer fill that like thing full of like cow bones or something? It's making bone snapping yeah. sounds. Yes, and, and he spent six hundred dollars uh, to miss an afternoon of work. I can't yeah. like I've had my eye on the next Bucks One X, but I'm getting a physical dummy of myself for six hundred dollars instead. I'll buy that a thousand times over. Well, and I, I love how how badly it works out for Bart. He's just sitting there in the patio hammering at it yeah. while Homer counts. That's his plan. That that was what he was going to do with his full day. I love the delivery of Homer. Like I'll just walk across these slippery rut. Whoa! And that, say stop frolicking and get back to work. And that in season four, Homer would have just said that and fallen off something. Like, yeah. So Homer is setting up his fall perfectly to trick people. And I also just love when Homer calls him Mr. Smithers. Like, it's just, yes. it's, it's a cute interaction he has with him. Just like inside Joe Bob Roberts when he's like, hello, Mr. Smithers. That's right. <laughs> it's so cute. But the boring day of destroying a patio slowly. <laughs> Bart is so bored. Yes. Uh, the news of his death is already getting around. Marge, we can't tell you how sorry we are. You have our deepest condolences. I'm sorry, I'm I'm just nervous. I didn't mean any disrespect. What are you talking about? You know, Homer's passing away (laughs) into death. What? That's ridiculous. Homer's not dead. He's right out back in the hammock. Oh, that's great. Oh, Marge, of course Homer's alive. He's alive in all our hearts. Yes, Marge, I can see him. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Marge, I'm going to give you the card of our juvenile counselor. A tombstone? It came with the burial plot, but that's not important. The important thing is, Homer's dead. We've been saving for this since your wedding day. Get out of here, you ghouls! Yes, we are richer for having lost him. It's that's a great tombstone thing. But what I love about this too is that this all will pay off for plot purposes. It actually kind of reminds me of Who Shot Mr. Burns because Homer's death has to be printed in a newspaper for his mother to find it. He needs to have a burial plot. Which if Homer faked his own death, he's not going to actually pay for a burial plot. So mm-hmm. Patty and Selma have yes, to. Yes, that joke really pays off plot wise. You're right. Yeah. yeah, quite a lot. Like it is. We're used to a typical Simpsons thing of having an opening bit that doesn't really connect to it which you might Mm. think this does but all of this pays off later this all has a reason to happen there is a freshly dug grave for homer simpson in the graveyard Uh, after this we get a cute little scene of eyeball acting which perhaps this is just because we've been watching those shorts a lot but there are like three different shorts of we're gonna just draw eyeballs this week yes uh, silverman (laughs) points out on the commentary it's a good break when you can just do eyeballs but the eyeballs are very well animated i gotta say I i wondered if silverman partially enjoyed doing that as a callback to the shorts too but yeah when when marge says you told me no the way the eyes kind of zig and is like a yeah. zig formation is just beautiful like you told me no and you can almost see in the eyes homer going like that's my name or like it's, it's like shrug you can just see it in it it's beautiful then homer has quite a fun interaction with a bureaucrat the most helpful bureaucrat of all time oh, that's right listen here my name is homer j simpson 
You guys think I'm dead, but I'm not. Now, I want you to straighten this out without a lot of your bureaucratic red tape and mumbo-jumbo. Okay, Mr. Simpson, I'll just make the change here. And you're all set. I don't like your attitude, you water cooler dictator. What are you having that secret government file anyway? I have a right to read it. You sure do. Huh. Wife, Marjorie, children, Bartholomew, Lisa, aha! See? This thing is all screwed up. Who the heck is Margaret Simpson? Uh, your youngest daughter. Eh, your youngest daughter. <laughs> well, how about this? This thing says my mother's still alive. She died when I was a kid. You see that stone angel up there? That's my mother's grave. My dad points it out every time we drive by. Mr. Simpson, uh, maybe you should actually go up there. Yeah, when Homer's mocking the guy, you see more of that great weird tongue animation yeah. that you never see before. Yeah, you're young and Yeah. Does just... that mean I can go in and do this with Steve Jobs? <laughs> I'm not dead. I just look different. Well, no, that's this is the nicest bureaucrat of all time, which yeah. is a great joke. He's just like, you sure do? Instead of every bureaucrat in a movie, at least, who doesn't help anybody. And mm-hmm. this is at the Springfield Hall of Records, which they go right past the sign joke, but I know why, because it's the same sign joke they did in Sideshow Bob Roberts when Lisa oh, right. visits the Springfield Hall of Records. So, r- not the fun kind of records. Mm-hmm. Also, Historical ones. I-, I hope when I'm dead, they don't actually immediately s- shut off your electricity. That seems like a real pain. Like, not, not so nice. Either get a job or a generator. <laughs> job or generator. <laughs> Alright, so, this bit here with like he didn't know his mom was dead and he never visited her uh, like grave ever i guess uh, abe just pointed out every time they drove by and uh, i guess the lie was she died when i was at the movies homer is that incurious that he's just like well no that's a grave you don't gotta visit it Uh, i guess not having just heard a rant from my father who had to pay for a place of rest for his parents Mm -hmm. which were in my hometown where they never lived until they were invalids Mm -hmm. uh but his his sisters demanded they have a place of rest and he's like and nobody goes <laughs> and nobody goes why would you like it's like they're a dead body we it's made like a video of like all the fun stuff he did you can watch that anytime you want mm-hmm, but, <laughs> or you can look at a rock <laughs> well i think it's i think it's the the pressure the industry like the death industry gives to you just mm-hmm. like well i guess if you didn't love I think them, that just is chuck them in a ditch because it's <laughs> if when you lose your spirituality or your religiousness like why would you go visit a grave you can yeah. celebrate someone's life from anywhere but if you throw enough money at it you'll Same feel better right. about your family <laughs> dead that's like, true you can look good in front of all the other grieving people <laughs> i spent the most money that's exactly. like grave the most but walt whitman is buried in camden new jersey oh yes. not, not springfield one of my favorite jokes i never got from the great movie la story is steve martin visiting the grave of edgar Allan poe and like, and just, I, I was hoping it was the same thing like someone who couldn't possibly have died in america <laughs> I love that. oh mom i'm sorry i never come to see you i'm just not a cemetery person you're lying Walt Whitman! (laughs) Damn you, Walt Whitman! I hate you, Walt freaking Whitman! (laughs) Leaves of grass, my ass! (laughs) Wait a minute. Maybe it's that other grave. The one that says Simpson. (laughs) Oh, why does my death keep coming back to haunt me? You awful, awful man! Get out of my son's grave! I hate to rain on your parade, lady, but this is my grave. Hey, wait a minute. Mom? Homer? I thought you were dead! I thought you were dead. Oh, dang blasted, isn't anybody in this dad gum cemetery dead? I didn't want to cause the fuss, but now that you mention it... 
He's extra brown in that scene. Yeah, it's, it's odd. It's very potato-like. Homer didn't know what books were two episodes ago. That's true. And now he is quoting uh, specifically the name of Walt Whitman's like, poetry collection, Leaves of Grass. And not only is his grave in Springfield, it's also unkempt to the point where you don't even know which grave it is. Like, you figure someone would be taking care of it. Uh, but if you'd like to hear, uh, this is Henry's Poetry Corner again on this <laughs> podcast, but if you'd like to hear a selection from the book Leaves of Grass, here is Darth Vader himself oh. reading from a song, Walt Whitman's Song of Myself. I wish I could translate the hints about the dead young men and women and the hints about old men and mothers and the offspring taken soon out of their laps. What do you think has become of the young and old men? And what do you think has become of the women and children? Spellbinding stuff. Very <laughs> poety. Pablo Naruto. Man, I wish I was smart <laughs> enough to appreciate that stuff. <laughs> and, you know, listen enough, you'll put it on the background during Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love that they, uh, the James Earl Jones sat down, like this was from, I think, the 80s or 70s when he recorded it. He just was like, yeah, it'd be awesome hearing my voice read these great old poems. So, <laughs> But also, poems are just songs without music. Like, that's what they are. I don't like them. Oh, but you're a... You see this here guy with a master's degree in English doesn't like poems. I had to write like 30-page papers about poems. It's fine. (laughs) I do the same thing. (laughs) But is truth beauty and beauty truth, Bob? Uh, (laughs) Debate me about it Uh, (laughs) for charity. (laughs) (laughs) I choose the charity and the judges. The Simpsons will be right back. You don't have to object to the war in Southeast Asia to enjoy this podcast, but one thing that would really help us is if you went to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For just $5 a month, you can support us and help make this show run great. Not just that, but you'll get every episode a week early and ad-free. You'll get access to the entire first season of Talking Simpsons, only available there, as well as all of our season wrap-ups, and most importantly, coming very soon, our new Patreon-exclusive series, Talking Futurama, where we go through every episode of the first season of Futurama, just for our wonderful patrons, as well as What a Cartoon is going to be starting up, and that'll be a week early and ad-free. That is our new podcast. We're going through a different animated series each week talking about its history and detailing a specific episode in the wonderful Talking Simpsons style. You'll find out information on that and so much more at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. As you may have heard, we've got a live show coming up March 17th, St. Patrick's Day in San Francisco, 5.30 at the Piano Fight Bar. And you know what's a really cool thing to wear to a live Simpsons show? Your very own Talking Simpsons t-shirt, which you can get at shirtsickle.com, that's popsickle but with shirt, or at tiny.cc slash talking shirt. Just starting in 1999, you can get one for yourself with shipping and tax included. Designed by the wonderful friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto, it's a great way to support the show beyond just the Patreon. And you can get a cool shirt in a beautiful sky blue. So check it out at tiny.cc slash talking shirt.
Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. So it's a really cute reconnecting scene between Mona and Homer. And this, I think, was the first time I really noticed the Homer design they put onto Mona's face. Like, it's kind of subtle, but she has obviously no facial hair. But she has the kind of rounded muzzle and the The nose nose in the same way. And her eyes are placed the same. and, And still found a way to make her like a... A, a not unattractive person while still making her a woman drawn like in Homer's yeah, style. Yeah, and it's my grana's like exact hair. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's, she is. She oh, had it the wow. whole time. Oh, hey Chris, <laughs> is she seeing anybody? <laughs> yes. Dirt and worms? Oh, <laughs> no thanks. Uh, but, but yeah, like I said, it all, it's just perfect how they all come together. It was mm. in the news that he was dead. Mm-hmm. He finds out from looking at the bureaucrat thing that she is still alive. She comes to town to see him. They have a gag with the groundskeeper there who will be back as a witness. That's right. In the background, you see a taxi, which will explain why a taxi driver also also talks to the FBI. I did notice that. Wow, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot denser designed of a story than you would think. It's uh, or than on first look. But it's the work they wouldn't put into that much plotting later, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, even it's though the sad. thing, yeah. It's still, even when the gags are still great, they, it's like, well, you didn't put that much work into the story as compared to but other ones. But this might be one of the meanest lines ever, the idea of what, how, Grandpa's <laughs> excuse to Homer. I can't believe you're here. Dad always told me you died while I was at the movie. Oh. oh, my poor baby. You must have been so upset. But I suppose Abe has his reasons. Yeah. Well, where have you been all this time? Oh, it's a very complicated story. Let's just enjoy this moment. Mom, there's something you should know about me. I almost always spoil the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay, darling. It wasn't your fault. Oh, man, so yeah. That's, if that wasn't so visual, that would be my line of the show. It's my favorite thing that happens in this episode. Well, and it's so sweet how Mona comforts him of just like, she knows these things happen to Homer. She's been cleaning up his messes when he, from yeah. when he was born. I mean, yeah. Did, and you, did you hear there's the Barney burp in the seagull when it oh, spits out? Oh, wow. When it spits out. That's great. I, think I missed that. Sorry, the pelican. Yeah. But I think this episode, and including later scenes, will really underline, like, Abe, Abe kind of deserves to be mistreated and Pretty neglected. Much. He's a, such an asshole. He's awful. I mean, that he told him that, like, it sounds like, I wish we'd have seen that scene, but the way Abe just feels like Abe tossed it off to Homer, like, where's your mom? Where's mom? He's like, she died while you're at the movies. Go to bed. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> and just... That Homer has been, this answers a question about Homer. I'm just like, well, he's a very damaged individual. Like, he's he had to be told his mother died while he was at the movies and ne- never really got to mourn her and just accepted, like, well, I guess I don't have a mother. Oh, well. <laughs> and just dealt with it. Especially, he was so close to his mom. She was so good to him as, as opposed to seeing Abe in the flashback when we see is like Jesus, he's you're the worst. So detached from his family. Oh, he's he's so terrible. And I think they kind of let it go because Mona Mona didn't intend for him to tell her tell Homer she was dead, but 
she accepts it like, fine, I ran away because I'm a criminal. I don't have a place to talk. But Homer should have had some moment with Abe of like, how dare you tell me yeah. that? Like, but and, I, well, how dare you? He assume that he would never see her again. Exactly. Yeah. And especially if those care packages had actually been delivered. All right. He would have been. Oh. He would have found out like within a month of like, hey, she's not dead. She sent me a package. You know what? Some of this is starting to make very little sense. <laughs> hey, mm. look, he didn't tip the letter carrier. That's what happens. But Homer, then I, I love Homer thinks he's in a sitcom when really this is not how you should reintroduce a dead thought dead relative to your family again. Where have you been, Granny? They freeze you or something? <laughs> oh my, such clever grandchildren. So full of questions and bright, shiny eyes. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I finally have a mother-in-law. <laughs> no more living vicariously through my girlfriend. <laughs> hey, since you were a no-show at all the big moments of my life, you owe me years of back presents. Christmases, birthdays, Easter's, Kwanzaa's, good report cards. Hmm, 75 bucks a pop, plus interest and penalties. You owe me... Twenty-two thousand dollars. Quanta, you! Oh, man, don't be so hard on little. What is his name? This is my room. This is my dresser. It's where I keep my shirts when I'm not wearing them. Oh yes, <laughs> right in the drawers. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered. Oh. <laughs> uh, Sweet little moment. That joke really gets me because it is like how many times you've. Share a joke that you only could with your mom, or not even a joke of just like, ah, this one word that we know has all this backstory to it, and you can laugh with your mom about it. <laughs> like but what we do with the else. Simpsons? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. We do with the Simpsons. <laughs> because we're not close to our family at all. <laughs> but just that Homer could immediately reconnect with his mom, like, that he could have just said, like, you remember that trip to Disneyland or whatever. Or even just say, like, oh, the if I said to my mom, oh, this is like the teacups, she'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a little language you have here with your parent. It's another little moment that feels real. And it, it kind of shows how sheltered her life was before her awakening. Just like she yeah. didn't have a lot of experience with Homer or anything outside the house, really. Well, she seemed expected to be a housewife. Yeah. And that was it. And... Which, incidentally, is not married to a house. And incidentally, <laughs> mirrors the 90s show episode uh, mm. that Marge's, she has a kid, married to Homer, goes to college. Becomes, it's radicalized. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Those leftist campuses. <laughs> I just Somebody tell me who burns his hair, his mate styled after. Mm. That shit is awesome. It is so 70s and gone. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe like Merv Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though, when I was a kid, I also absolutely identified with Bart's like selfishness of like, yeah, grandparents owe me a lot now. They come back into my life. Which roughly you. translates to like four grand a year just to be a grandma. Mm-hmm. So one I, kid. I have a deadbeat dad, and I, I'm keeping track. And if he ever shows up again, <laughs> I'm invoicing him. Oh, he's doing the dollar thing. <laughs> he's up to 40K right now. He's going to come asking you for money, and he'll that's, have that's the, true. the bill to him. <laughs> uh, he'll just slink away out of frame. Uh, but also, it's, it's weird that Mona is so nonchalant with Homer strangling Bart, which makes me think that she just didn't have a problem with her with probably Abe strangling Homer as well. Yeah. So he's just like, well, yeah, that's what a father does it's with this. It's a bit old fashioned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> another thing they say on the commentary, you can totally see in the episode that they wanted to explain, well, how is Lisa at all smart? And mm. this lets you see her connection to Mona. Ooh, I love one of these lines in here. I saw all your rewards, Lisa. They're mighty impressive. Oh, I just keep them out to bug Bart. <laughs> Don't be bashful. When I was your age, kids made fun of me because I read at the ninth grade level. 
Me too. Hey, Mom, look at me. <laughs> look at what I can do. I see you, Homer. That's very nice. <laughs> Although I hardly consider a separate piece the ninth grade level. Yeah, more like preschool. I hate John Knowles. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Mom, you're not looking. You know, Lisa, I feel like I have an instant rapport with you. Oh, you didn't dumb it down. You said rapport. Gotta run, Grandma stuff. Yes, that is. Uh, I love that line. I hate John Knowles. So I, I guess like grandma stuff. We're all three of us made to read a separate piece. In I was not. Oh, I did. I had to read it in eighth grade, and when I was reading it in eighth grade, I kept thinking of this line. I was like, it should have been ninth grade. A separate piece is not very good. I would say it's like. Kids should be reading books, and there's worse books to force them to read. <laughs> but a separate piece kind of sucks. Like it's well, here's my biggest problem with a separate piece is that the main character is a jerk, and I guess they're supposed to. It's meant to teach kids to be less selfish, maybe. Mm. But in my mind, the lead character in a separate piece basically is jealous of another kid and shits on him until he's dead. And <laughs> it's just like, damn, this they sucks. They should like, call that book Johnny Deformed. <laughs> sorry to spoil the end of separate piece for you guys. But, oh my god. But then he intentionally breaks that kid's leg and then just lets him die out. I much preferred in my ninth grade reading level. I was, uh, I was, I, I hate to sound like a total snob, but I was reading Kafka and I was a, a big fan of it. Uh, and also <laughs> in the Simpsons family album, apparently <laughs> <laughs> that was at age eight, no ten. Kafka and Spawn, <laughs> uh, a tale, of two, a tale of two cities and Greek plays, but also. Also, every comic book I could get my hands on, for sure. Fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, if I were to tell anybody to read a Kafka novel, probably The Trial. The Trial, I like a yeah. lot. I mean, <laughs> what? Yeah, The Trial. <laughs> well, start with his, I mean, start with his short story collections. He's always better at short yeah, stories. Yeah, Metamorphosis. Than, yeah, Metamorphosis. Also, the, uh, what's it called? Like, The Trial on the Bridge? It's the one where the, where the guy's dad yells at him until he kills himself. I recommend the episode of Home Movies where they make a song out of the He'll smite you with metamorphosis. <laughs> <laughs> this episode could have taken another turn. When they suggest she's a con artist, like, there's enough proof of that. She keeps yeah. dodging questions. I forgot that beat. It's sort of like a mystery because we all know this is Homer's mom because it's 25 mm-hmm. years later. But at this point, you're like, could this be a con artist? Would they Would they not show us Homer's mom? It's been a cop-out in a million sitcoms to be like, oh, this missing mother shows up. This missing relative shows up. You've never seen it before. Oh, it's not really their dad. It's just some con artist, just right. some faker. But I, I also, my favorite dodge of hers is uh, full of questions and bright, shiny eyes. <laughs> just like they're full of bright, shiny eyes. Uh, but yeah, this, okay, so this is when Penelope Olsen comes back into things. So they at least give a little tip of the hat to the character, to that one former name of Mona Simpson. Oh, you're right. There, now no one should be able to hear us. What? All right, we don't need the dryer. What? Just shut up and listen. There's something fishy about Grandma. Whenever we ask her where she's been all this time, she changes the subject. And just now, when a police car drove by, she ran into the house. Yeah, I don't trust her either. When I was going through her purse, look what I found. Mona Simpson, Mona Stevens, Martha Stewart, Penelope Olsen, Muddy Mae Suggins. (laughs) These are the calling cards of a con artist. Muddy Mae Suggins is like her mini Pearl cosplay. Yes. And actually, mm. speaking of mini Pearl, 
I was at Henry's wedding, and his parents, who are much <laughs> I, older than me, were like, yeah. you kids don't know who Mindy Pearl is. I was like, I do. Yes, I know what her slogan do. is. I know what show she was on. I'm a fucking freak, yeah. and I'm at your son's wedding. <laughs> you you impressed my mom with that. <laughs> no, yeah. By the way, folks, in the list, if you didn't oh, know, sorry, I, I married, spoiled everything. No, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, right. you would have known. Those are great but, pictures. Uh, but yeah, we we took photos. We wanted to take photos with top hats, but me and my husband were both like, we are not spending $100 on top hats. So we yeah, ordered okay. them on Amazon and did not take the tags off so we could return them. <laughs> and so we, of course, my my uh, mom joked like, oh, you guys have Minnie a tag Pearl. still on your hat, just like Minnie Pearl. And then Eddie, my stepdad, said, you kids don't even know Millie, Minnie Pearl is. And I said, and Eddie, you can fuck off right now. <laughs> I will ruin this wedding. I wish I didn't know this. I wish. <laughs> I'm cursing this information. My brain's out of room because of people like me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Penelope Olsen, one of her names. And it's it's also a great little gag of like, what? what? I love it. Though only in hearing it now, Jesse Audio, mm-hmm. you could so clearly tell Yardley was at a different time when she's just like she changes the subject. It's the voice tone, the room tone on the voice sounds oh, totally right. different. Yeah. I guess if we could give a line of the show for a line that made me like cry, <laughs> then this is the line that I would give okay. it to. Oh, it's okay. really but good. Just like this, this was this made me cry more than the ending in this rewatch. My, other than that, it's my, mine's grandfather asking to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to have my mom back. Mm. I never realized how much I missed her. She's nice. But? I just don't think you should get too excited about the woman who abandoned you for 25 years. You could get hurt again. First, it wasn't 25 years. It was 27 years. And second, she had a very good reason. Which was? I don't know. I guess I was just a horrible son and no mother would want me. Oh, homie. Come on, you're a sweet, kind, loving man. I'm sure you were a wonderful son. Then why did she leave me? Let's find out. Oh, oh, still gets me. That's, it, it's right up there with the Fresh Prince. How come you don't want me? Uh, How come you don't want me no more? Executive producer. I have to say that, um, yeah, that scene is great. Also because they play that why did she leave me with their faces away from the camera. They're mm-hmm. like, uh, Marge is holding him. They're looking out the window. It's really well played. A very clear choice by David Silverman that he knows like withholding their faces makes it even more painful than if he drew, if, if the animators drew a sad face. Mm-hmm. And 27 years is very observant math because uh, Homer presumably was born in 1956 still. Mm -hmm. He was 11 in 1967 when the first Super Bowl took place where we see them interacting. It's the third Super Bowl. It's actually the third? It is. Okay. Joe Namath was in, right? Yes, it's the one where the Colts play the blobbity blokes. My math does not check out though. I thought by saying I gotta watch this thing or it won't stick around it was actually taking place in 1967. I assume it was the I I want this thing to take off but it's the third one so technically the second year you would have seen it. That shows how much I know about sports. Exactly. <laughs> the math is pretty close, though. That's what that's your one Achilles heel in this math. Yeah, thing. But, but let's go back to the math thing. So sixty seventy would be eleven, making him thirty eight in this episode. Right, right. So twenty seven years ago would be nineteen sixty eight. I'm younger than Homer again. <laughs> Woo! For like uh, two months. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I also birthday. well now this would put Homer's age in his mid fifties. Like Homer, Homer would be it's in true. his mid fifties. Oh, God, just the way. 
it I think it shows some real deep hurt that Homer never talks about. He's like, then why did she leave? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the Lisa Substitute episode, like five years ago, they didn't know about Mona, mm. but she's uh, Homer says, I don't know what it's like to have someone leave me. It's yeah, like, well, it's, you're bearing a lot of stuff now, Homer. It's pretty great on the commentary where Mike Reese is just yeah. like, well, your mother abandoned you. Like, I think you do know what it's like to lose somebody. But you can retcon that and be like, Homer does not want to admit this yeah. these horrible feelings he has. And and that also shows like it. It gets me in a way because, like, a bad thing happened to Homer and he blames himself. And it's just like, damn, Homer, like, don't don't take the blame for yourself on this one. Like, uh, and just the way Marge comforts him is great. And speaking of the direction, you see the back of their heads. But then when Marge gets the resolve to confront Mona, then she turns around to the camera like, let's find out. Yeah, like, the I, acting is so subtle and great. <laughs> and on the... I wouldn't call it subtle acting, but it was fun acting of Homer. Like, oh, I'm so glad to have my mom back. He's yeah. like, his arms are <laughs> flailing around. Yeah. He's so happy. It was a real David Silverman-y dance, too. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's Like you said, those moments of acting, it's not the constant comedy of Krusty the, or Ho- Homie the Clown. It's not like the sugar speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this we're finally going to get some answers out of Mona here. Yay. Spill it, Muddy Mayor. We're calling the cops. Please don't. All right. Then we'll call your husband. Grandpa. No. I'll talk. I'll tell you everything. (laughs) I've wanted to tell you. It all started in the 60s. Take out Wrench Denko. Mom! 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 (laughs) Oh, my little homie bear. Time for bed. Sing me my bedtime song, Mom. Ooey gooey, rich and chewy inside. Golden flaky tender cakey outside. Wrap the inside in the outside. Is it good? Doing a big, big new Here's the tricky part. Immediately falls asleep. Oh. It's so sweet. And then again, it's all based around Foo, which is a very Homer thing. Yeah, it's so cute. Uh, before we get to that reference, right before that scene, she is reading Abby Hoffman's Steal This Book, book which yeah. is an early clue that she was a 60s radical. And that was one of the uh, the books banned from other schools in the PTA disbands. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Right there with Tech War. Eventually made into a movie, Steal This Movie. Mm. Vincent D'Onofrio and Janine Garofalo. That can't be good. <laughs> it's, it's impossible. <laughs> uh, and, and also, I forgot to get in the clip there, but the... Camera is now sleeping. Like that was a Homer delivery of can't talk now eating. Yeah, we see a bit of Homer leaking through mm, in Mona. I love those cute things and and yeah that she's just used to like Homer is electrocuting himself. I have to stop it. Okay, <laughs> got the broom. This that was not new to her. She's yeah. just like oh yeah, I got to stop it. It's happening again. But okay, that song, Bob, you had gotten the clip here. Yes, it's the Fig Newton theme from the '60s, which I never, never heard, heard in my life until now. Hey gang, <laughs> Big Fig here Ugh. with that great new dance, the Newton. <laughs> Hit it, Hal. Gooey, gooey, rich and chewy inside. <sighs> Golden, flaky, tender, cakey outside. Wrap the inside in the outside. Is it good? John Tootin' doing the big, gooey, fig. Newton is the tricky part. The big, gooey, fig. Newton. One more time. The big, fig. I don't know what it what him calling himself a big fig off the bat immediately immediately threw me for a loop. You can, he's, he's rather effeminate, I would say. I'm a thing. F- I'm I'm his pal flaming fig. <laughs> we don't even know what like what is the tricky part? He just sort of extends his leg. That was the answer I'd always been looking for because yeah. the way she says, here's the tricky part, I was like, What's the tricky part? Because 
Until the advent of YouTube, I cannot watch this unless they like played it on some VH1 special of like classic commercials. Then I never had seen it until the advent of YouTube. I I didn't just watch it for the first time here, but it was a long time after the first yeah. airing. Out of all the classic commercials that got a lot of replay, I never saw, never that, saw that until YouTube. Mm. I was more of an Apple Newton guy. Uh, oh, oh, I, Apple Newtons are way better. My dad's big on nutrition. These were kind of the only cookies we were allowed to have, so no I hate chocolate. them. I yeah. can't stomach them. Because I, there's a picture of fruit on the cover. I told, that, if yeah. you look at the old, I was like, looking at old packages. Jelly. It's it just is like, it's cake and a cookie. I'm like, fuck you, Dad. You're an idiot. <laughs> and I think they, they took the word fig out of the name now. Mm. It's just They're just called Newtons. Yeah. Well, I see the Newton the Apple ad, ones were better. Yes. The Newton ads I knew as a kid were cookie is just a cookie, but Newtons are fruit, fruit and, and cake. cake. Yeah, those and are the ads of like some fancy lady saying like, okay, I am, you I, can't have cookies." That's here. right. And also, it's like I, as a kid, I didn't even know what a fig was. It's like exactly. there's, there's not like a bowl of figs on the table. Like, no. Oh, figs, yummy! The Bible can't shut up about figs. I'm like, yeah. guys, I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> figs are fine. <laughs> yeah, but, they're uh, most Baptist. Oh, you said figs. <laughs> oh no! Oh, come on. Back now. to that. But I, I also love the, all the little details in Homer's room are exactly a child of the '60s. The yes. little feet stickers on the wall. There's a light bright. So I, I'm just yep. imagining it's one of the writers' rooms, like to mm. a tea. Or it's all player. of their rooms together. They remember having like the kitty record player, light bright, uh, the peace uh, sign on the wall too. And I would buy a Simpsons version of an operation game. It's there, just a dude with purple hair. <laughs> in all the history, the there must have been a Homer operation game of all the oh, things for sure. they licensed. To Google. Yeah. There's been like Simpsons Battleship at this point. Simpsons Clue. Yeah. We're home, uh, where Smithers is the French maid. And if oh. you make it now, we get a check. It definitely exists. All right. <laughs> it totally exists. Um, uh, but also just the way Homer passes out is so cute. And it, it does remind you, or reminds me of being a kid and like falling asleep, like your mom tucking you in wow. and set, putting you to sleep. It's, it's very You nice. get regular operation. Operation for seventeen dollars, mm-hmm. or Operation Simpsons for sixty-two dollars. Ooh, guess that one might be out of print at least. Maybe. Oh, and you. I'm sorry. I have to know. I have to know. You take out ribs, short ribs, but they're just ribs. Pot belly. It's just the pot. This is awful. <laughs> I never liked playing Operation. It was not my it's favorite. It's all about anxiety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uno for me. None of that operation. Also, if you're playing. Operation at like a daycare or at a summer camp or whatever, every piece was gone. Oh, for it sure. It was just the electrocute yourself game. Like, it was not, again, Uno, you could lose a couple of cards, you could still play Uno. Yeah. Same with uh, Scrabble, sorry. Yeah. Guess who? You couldn't do too good with that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, then we also get to see Abe, and like, Abe is definitely more aged than her, which has to work because, like, I know he says he's aged terribly from raising him alone. But it's also like he's a World War II veteran and she's in her early 30s. So he has to be like late 40s at this time. Yeah, he looks much older than her in the flashback. Because he's also like an alcoholic and Mm -hmm. a a slob and a white beater. It's it's real depressing. When you see Abe, you're like, fuck, poor Homer. (laughs) You're going to be left with this guy. Uh, No, no no more Mona. wild, untamed facial hair revealed a new world of rebellion, of change. A world where doors were open for women like me. But Abe was stuck in his button-down plastic fantastic Madison Avenue scene. Uh, Look at them sideburns! He looks like a girl! (laughs) Now, Johnny Unitas, there's a haircut you could set your watch to! So, Mother Simpson, where did your newfound sense of irresponsibility take you? (laughs) I soon found people who shared my views at the State College. Swimmers, 
Get your germ lab out of here! Now! How could I not become a radical when we were fighting a force of pure evil? Hey, hey, Mr. Burns, get up already with the germs! To oh, their flower power? It's no match for my glower power. Well, that's some nice glowering, Mr. May. I like how they pitch up Wiggum a bit. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah. I, so, it's, it's so, it's obviously such a beautiful, silly thing of like, well, what radicalized her? Joe Namath's unkempt hair. Yeah. Like an NFL quarterback. And Joe Namath would be a guest in season nine's Bart Starr when his car breaks down Va- due to vapor lock. Vapor lock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful guest shot on there. And... And also, Johnny Unitas had previously been on the show in the last David Silverman-directed episode before this, Homie the Clown. Oh, that's right. Johnny Unitas, probably. Oh, yeah, the mustache trimmer thingy, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Lady Krusty. And that also, this episode is so expensive with the music. It really is. That, uh... Deep Purple? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that music was all... That was the Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower cover. And there was no lyrics there, so it could have... It might not have been the master, but it really sounded like the master to me. Yeah, it sounded like Smoke on the Water, Me Too. (laughs) We we couldn't... We're not there yet, but they couldn't afford uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go in a future scene. They spent it on all the other songs here. Not that I would think ABBA is particularly cheap. So uh, I want to talk about the uh, counterculture roots of this episode. Yes! In that uh, Mona Simpson is based on Bernardine Dorn, a member of the Weather Underground. Now, Henry made a good point. People are worried about leftists on college campus because they're going to make a dumbass not speak here but it's like there were there were far leftist groups like blowing up government buildings stockpiling weapons stuff like that like mm-hmm. it was serious shit yeah it was the radical left then were not people who had blogs you, yeah, yeah. They, they did not have blogs they weren't people who uh tweeted rightly protected gen- general neutral bathrooms all that stuff they said well we have to blow up a government building because they this war in vietnam is atrocious like, and to be fair they tried to uh, limit the amount of fatalities they would like warn mm-hmm. people before they blew up the buildings but they did kill people uh, they killed some of themselves on accident through explosions yep. things like that but Bernie Dorn she uh, didn't kill anybody so I think mm-hmm. they wanted to base Mona after the mo- the person whose hands were the cleanest <laughs> yes who would only end up so she went on the run along with the other weather underground folks turned herself in in 1980 mm-hmm. so she was on the run for a decade on the FBI's most wanted list too mm-hmm. but then she only she got off on some technicalities and only did a year and when she got out she became a lawyer and a big time lefty lawyer in Illinois and uh, she made the news in 2008 because John McCain can make a connection to her to Obama like she worked with Obama on something and so then they tried to gin up outrage over like Obama's working with this far left uh, criminal you know like yeah she's a lawyer in Illinois he was a lawyer in Illinois big fucking deal I I think too though in this episode they had to make it about chemical warfare like they had to be choosy of the things she'd be against instead of like police violence or Vietnam or she joined the Black Panthers or any of those whatever the fuck was happening in Selma Uh, bad stuff (laughs) not good Burns at age, well, 27 years ago from a 104-year-old man would make him 74. No, sorry, 77. Mm-hmm. So 77-year-old Burns is the perfect enemy for a bunch of hippies, for sure. Also, yeah, the weathermen were kind of in the news recently. I think others got dug up uh, not too long ago. And they were they, they were classic terrorists before terrorism like brought you 
visions of a person who isn't white. That's true. Uh, but anyway, yes, the nice clown, Mr. Bean. <laughs> You've talked about this before, Bob, that it's good that Wiggum, Wiggum should be seen as older than Homer, yeah, not he's about, the same age. He's about 10 years older than Homer. And then in future flashbacks where it's like, kind of like little Archie's where everyone is the same age and coexisting <laughs> yeah. in the same sphere. I don't care about like that as much. like the show Gotham. Oh, right. <laughs> I love Mona's radical costume, like her gray sweater, black pants, and yeah, uh, right. French hat. She's pretty cute. Right. <laughs> her French cap. And, and also, the uh, the way, another great animation bit, the way Abe drinks his beer completely upside oh, down, yeah. just sucking out of it, like, boy, he couldn't be. Def- depressing he couldn't be sunk down further in his chair he's just like all the way all the way in his chair like his his, his head is nearly against where the ass of the chair we, is we call that doing the gerbil when you turn your <laughs> bottle completely upside down and if you find yourself drinking like that you might have a problem it shouldn't have to enter your stomach that fast no. <laughs> oh sorry yes chris you were saying that was deep purple it's all along the watchtower lit, uh, for the bomb part that's my bad and that spiro agnew clock is real it's a real item <laughs> whoa yeah. i didn't know that yes it was a parody of the famous mickey mouse clock mm. but spiro agnew was a comical figure in the vice president. Well, Bob, who was Spiro Agnew? He was the vice president of Nixon, and he resigned. Out of, out of shame, but not even Watergate shame. Like, he had his own shame. Yeah. Of uh, bribery in Maryland. I Lots of bribery, that. yeah. And he resigned, allowing uh, Gerald Ford to take his space, who he was the uh, House Majority Leader. And that's why Gerald Ford is the only president who was never actually elected, other than George Bush. Do you like uh, pardons? <laughs> yeah, he loved pardons quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, Spiro Agnew, there's a funny story, I think, on the commentary where Graining says like he'd seen Spiro Agnew when he was a kid, and he was like, eh, he's been made fun of I, enough. I, I think when he moved to L.A., like he saw him eating at a pizza restaurant, yeah. and was like, yeah, he has suffered enough. But has he really? I don't he's think so. No. no way. It's such an awesome misdirect that you think... Until you see the word antibiotics on the thing, you are led to believe they have done what the Weatherman Weather Underground did. I never thought built of that. a bomb. You are supposed to think they are going to blow up this building, and so it's a, it's it's a really cool misdirect and use of the screen to not show that antibiotics until the last minute. Though I don't know about the science of if you released a ton of antibiotics, it would kill all germs in a room. <laughs> I, I don't know about that or cure asthma. I don't know. That's that true. It's like either. must be every ah. antibiotic. I would think it'd be more likely you would be overdosed on antibiotics and go into some sort of toxic shock. I think that's more true, but it's uh, it's all right. And it killed rocket pneumonia and the boogie woogie. <laughs> yeah. Or the boogie woogie influenza. Yes, uh. yeah. Which I think a lot of our friends are suffering from right now. Yeah. But, all right. So then Mona is dis- she's ruined by her kindness. You poor man. Let me help you up. <sighs> You just made a very big mistake. You'll spend the rest of your life in pre- My asthma's gone! <laughs> Listen to me breathe! <laughs> From that moment on, my life as I knew it was over. Only one member of the Springfield Seven was identified. She's been described as a woman in her early 30s, yellow complexion, and may be extremely helpful. For Channel 6 News, I'm Kenny Brocklestein. <laughs> 
Forgot about that joke. Yeah, yes, he, he was, was secretly Jewish. <laughs> At the start of his career, he had a different Kenny name. Kenny Brocklestein. Kenny Brocklestein. That's such a terrible name. Oh, but why would he? Ch- he would have changed his name then. Ah, it doesn't make sense. It's fine. Maybe when he got it's a good moved joke. up to higher in the on the Channel Six News, I can't put a guy front and center named Kenny Brocklestein. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Wiggum is so pitched up there, yeah, but it yeah. works. It works for it. Yeah, it's weird. They normally don't do that though. Mm. With their characters, not yeah, in a flashback true. like mm. that. No, I. But I also just love that Mona. Mona didn't have to help Mister Burns, and honestly, shouldn't have let him die. Like let him no. death. But they try to make that uh, her as sympathetic as possible. She didn't kill anyone, and she also tried to help Mister Burns. She planned no violence. Yeah. She was a good. She was a good terrorist and on the run. I like that. It's mm-hmm. it's a cute. It's a cute fix for her, and then also the the just the heartbreak of like she's ruined. Like she will be if she stays in town, she will be caught. They yeah. don't know her name, but that's all they don't know. We're talking about pitching up Wiggum's voice. I think Dan Castaneda did a, did a great job of doing another middle aged Abe. It's like he still mm-hmm. sounds way too old, but it's not quite grandpa old. Yes, that's true. And that's how checked out he is too. That he's just like yeah, whatever. <laughs> like he didn't care. Uh, checking out soon. Oh, and here's a funny story though about a uh, personal story about that moment. All right, so. When Burns wakes up and sees her face, and then there's the dramatic sting, in my area, there was a local news alert that popped up on screen of, like, local news alert, person missing, or something like that. I forget what it was, but... So forever on my Simpsons VHS tape, I had recorded off it. Whenever it comes to that dramatic sting, it looks like it is accompanied by text on the bottom. By an Amber Alert. Uh, yeah, that reminds me of when I recorded the Critic Pilot, the first episode to air. It was just full of Blizzard alerts, <laughs> <laughs> obscuring like five percent of the wonderful. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'd rather watch that than the DVD version. At this point. <laughs> you can find it. Then Mona says goodbye in a very sad scene. Homer. I thought I dreamed that kiss. I'm so sorry I misjudged you, Mom. You had to leave to protect your family. How did you survive? Oh, I had help from my friends in the underground. Jerry Rubin gave me a job marketing his line of health shakes. I proofread Bobby Seal's cookbook. And I ran credit checks at Tom Hayden's Porsche dealership. I did look all of these up, by the yeah, way. Me too. I, I can't, mean, I can't believe how specific they are. I never paid attention to this. Yeah, these are all accurate jokes, except for the third one, which is the, the third joke. one is the yeah. joke. But it's Tom like, Hayden is a real person. Yeah, it's yes. a comment on how every counterculture figure eventually sells out because of capitalism and because <laughs> you agree. have to survive. Yeah. What are well? What are they going to do? Live on the outside of society, poor, and yeah. starve? To you can make like, a cookbook without selling out, can't you? Well, in a way, like Jerry Rubin, I think at least Mona's lines fictionally justify mm-hmm. them selling out to a degree because that gave them money that they could funnel to That's true, yeah. uh, friends in the underground. I, I, I didn't find out about this until the, the movie The Weather Underground, mm-hmm. which I just blind watched uh, back in college. But yeah, there's a documentary called The Weather Underground. If you so, want to hear more about these folks. I believe Jerry Rubin's the only one who is dead now. He was an anti-war activist. Bobby Seale was a co-founder with Huey P. Newton of the Black Panthers oh, right yeah. out of Oakland, California. Woo! East Bay. <laughs> 
And uh, Thomas Hayden was a radical left intellectual once married to Jane Fonda. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so Ruben did uh, market health shakes, like nutritional supplements. Yeah. And Bobby Seal's cookbook came out in 1987. It's called Barbecue with Bobby Seal, Hickory and Mesquite Recipes. So get that out of your library. It really is. <laughs> I, I figured there'd be some that. mention about his past. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't hide from his past. And he'd also, uh, he went to jail for uh, his Black Panther stuff, which... Obviously, he was trying to feed poor kids in Oakland. How dare he? But also, when he got out, he ran for mayor in Oakland in the 70s and came in second. Oh, you're right. Up, but so he, that was a nice way of saying he lost. Uh, uh, he came, came in second. second. There's no losers in Hillary uh, Clinton came in second. Uh, <laughs> Why did they come just to boo her? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Find out about those hel- those space food sticks. Well, Homer's care packages. Right. I love that deleted scenes with the space food sticks. It's just too bad that they obviously had no time. This was a tight episode. It really was, but that will show up in a few uh, weeks for Not- the clip show. Oh, man. I can't wait till yeah. we get to 138. But they go to the post office for some cute post office jokes, but really it's to move along the plot. Wait a minute. There's one thing I don't understand. In all those years, why didn't you ever try to contact me? But I did. I sent you a care package every week. Oh, come on, Mom. We use that same line on the kids when they're at camp. But I did. I really did. I'll prove it to you. Any undelivered mail for Homer J. Simpson? No. I'll wait this. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't tip your letter carrier at Christmas. Yes, I'd like to send this letter to the Prussian consulate in Siam by Aeromail. Am I too late for the 4.30 autogyro? Oh, I better look in the manual. <laughs> Ignorance. Wait a minute. I know that woman. But from when and in what capacity? <gasps> it's her. At last. This book must be out of date. I don't see Prussia, Siam, or autogyro. <laughs> That's Keep looking. So there's been a uh, picture of Mona Simpson in the post office for I don't know 30 years, 27, yeah, 27 years. years that Homer never noticed. But yeah, it's a great scene. Even though the candy never pays off, it's the catalyst that will send Mr. Burns after Mona again. Mm-hmm. Who can he can never remember Homer's name? <laughs> Someone he encounters every day and is involved in most of the most important moments of his life. But he remembers Mona, which is I think a secret joke to all this. I, I love that gag. Yeah, and it also. Autogyros still technically exist. They're not used all that much, but it's just a different type of helicopter, basically. Hmm. But uh, obviously, Prussia no longer exists. Siam became... Thailand? Thailand, yeah. yes, yeah. Though we'll always have Siamese twins, that wonderful... <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> and the good Lady in the Tramp song. Politically correct, yes. Yeah, Conjoined oh. twins. But I, I yeah. do hate it that the squeaky voice team, like, that's the joke, that these mm. don't exist. Yeah. Well, And he thinks Autogyro is a country. Why couldn't he have said one thing, something other than that when he came back? Well, I do like... I. It is obviously like a that's the joke mm-hmm. moment, but... That he thinks that his books are out of date because these things are new. <laughs> that is an extra gag. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't he thinks that. his stuff is out of date, not Burns' terminology. So, you know, there's a little extra gag there. Uh, but speaking of Burns being out of date, I'd say oh boy. only only his interest in dead <laughs> baseball players is more old-timey than this. Are you sure this is the woman you saw in the post office? Absolutely. Who could forget such a monstrous visage? She has the sloping brow and cranial bumpage of the career criminal. Ah, uh, sir, Renality was dismissed as quackery 160 years ago. <laughs> of course you'd say that. You have the brain pan of a stagecoach tilter. At any rate, the FBI yeah. will track down this mystery woman and put her behind bars. How does it happen, Joe? How does what happen? 
How does a sweet young lady mortgage her future for a bunch of scraggly ideals and greasy-haired promises? Maybe she thought the war in Southeast Asia was so immoral her end justified the means. Gee, Joe, <laughs> you haven't been the same since your son went crazy in Vietnam. <laughs> it's a pain that never ends. <laughs> so this He's is the, this joke. This is so bizarre. Like I always forget about this part of the episode where the characters from Dragnet show up to help Mr. Yes. Burns. Literally, the characters from Dragnet. It's a, the second Dragnet cast member. To play themselves. Joe Friday and Bill Gannon are there. That's who they are. Yeah. Except they're FBI agents now, mm-hmm. not LAPD officers. We have the Dragnet clothes from, what episode is that? Marge gets arrested. Oh, yeah. The, uh, my cans, my empty cans, Marge on the Lamb. Marge on the Lamb. Right, that's right. But yeah, the joke is that uh, Joe Friday <laughs> is sympathizing with hippies yes. because his son went crazy in Vietnam. In the series, yeah. he is the squarest of squares who, who just will look down and spit upon any sort of leftist ideals. Yeah. In, the, in the 60s and 70s, he brought back Dragnet to mainly complain to hippies <laughs> on a show. Like, he'd multiple episodes of the show is like, you kids today take these things for granted. You look, we're all for the First Amendment, but you kids need to settle down. The, the clip, a clip from that one of those episodes circulates pretty frequently. What on, the Rob Reiner clip? Uh, is that was he Little Boy Blue? Yes, yeah. Classic and he's Little like, Boy Blue. I tell you what, growing up in our time was during World War II under Hitler was pretty heavy too, man. But we did what we had to do. We, <laughs> so, we, <laughs> Jack Webb died in 1982. He could not voice Joe Friday. Dude. Bill Ginn in Death Jingle Time. It's Death Jingle oh, Time. Oh God, we haven't done it in a while. Death stuck you at every turn. Stop. Ah, there it is, death. Please don't tell me the oldest looking guy in Dragon <laughs> is dead. He died in 2011 <laughs> at age 96. Wow, he lived a full life. Harry yes. Morgan, man. Harry Morgan. Lived a long time. I I knew him not from watching Dragnet reruns of Nick at Night, but from watching Dragnet, the 80s film, mm. which is very bad and not good, but Read it was on rights. HBO. <laughs> but it, Dad in the, rap. In the film, Dan Aykroyd plays, I, guess, I believe, the son of Joe Friday. and that mm. It's like it, the next generation. And really that is. Joe Friday has to be dead in that world because he didn't want to recast him, and so it's just Bill Gannon is his boss in it. I mean, oh, so many characters are a Jack Webb impression, including yep. Cornfed from Duckman. Yep. He's a Jack yep. Webb impression. Also, the design for Joe Friday... Uh, is set on the commentary. Bill Oakley got an issue of Mad Magazine from the 50s with the parody Dragged Net. And they chose the drawing of Joe Friday done by Will Elder. He's like, this is what he should look like. So he looks exactly like that. I looked it up. And uh, I think my favorite Jack Webb parody is uh, Jack, I believe his character is called Jack Webby. And on Mr. Show, the, uh, the, the him apologizing for his hard right views with a calendar, uh, page a day calendar. Oh, right. Like, back then, I blamed the communists for my wife leaving me. I was very angry. <laughs> that's not who I am anymore. And they, they oh, joke on the that. commentary of like, this is so clearly Jack Webb, but we called him Jack Webby, so it's totally. <laughs> no one will ever know. <laughs> Bob Odenkirk was born to play Jack Webb because he is that angry yeah. and, and square in his heart. <laughs> and uh, uh, but also the phrenology scene feels different now after seeing Django and Chain, which has a very horrifying. Oh. Phrenology scene. Oh, yeah. But uh, though I also think of that, that phrenology head is the exact one that is used on the album cover for the Roots' phrenology album. Okay. The phrenology the, is like the, this out, oh, the pseudoscience of mm-hmm. what, measuring how smart you are? Yeah. Uh, but the size of your head? The size of your skull. Like that was the entire speech in Django Unchained by uh, Candy was of just like. Look at her brain. This means that this slave is stupider than me, and she's my property. I'll crack it open. Like, 
it was that that was this belief of like dumb old science that that was popular because it told people they were lesser than you. Uh, they spent a ton on song rights in this one, mm-hmm. also for the dragnet theme yeah. too, just to play. It. Duh, 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 three. Duh. Uh, but yeah, we get. I love this. Uh, I I do love this. Nobody told here. Grandpa his wife was back in town. <gasps> Quick, Grandma, hide! No, Dory's gonna keep me from my meddling. Ah. Stand up straight, Bart. <laughs> Abe, what the hell, Chip? Now here's a piece of bad news. Oh, Abe, <laughs> you've aged terribly. What do you expect? You left me to raise the boy on my own. I had to leave, but you didn't have to tell Homer I was dead. It was either that or tell him his mother was a wanted criminal. (laughs) You were a rotten wife, and I'll never, ever forgive you. Can we have sex, please? Oh, Abe. Well, I tried. What's for supper? Uh, I love the radio. You've aged terribly. terribly. That's a mean thing to say. Yes. Well, he already was older than her, but they did need an explanation of like, she looks like she's in her soft early 60s. He looks 90, or God only knows, as Marge puts it. We've seen him originally as a brown-haired person, not a turnip-skulled, whatever that thing is. That's horrible. (laughs) He's a horrifying old man, but... Uh, his implication that he was aged by raising Homer alone, like that, I like that idea. And that's the closest you're going to get to an excuse for why he <laughs> lied and told Homer his mom died while he was at the movies. <laughs> he's like, too well, the shame. ends justify the means. It was too, I think I'd rather know my mom is alive than uh, than not know she's a criminal. Yeah. I'd, I'd kind of go with that. Abe has made some mistakes. <laughs> uh, so I cut out a scene between these two, but I just love these these two gags on the witness conversation scenes that you'll see in any police procedural show. It's just uh, it's so great. Yeah, I might have seen that. It's hard to tell from this old picture, you know. Well, according to our computer aging program, she should look about 25 years older. Yeah, I seen her. Uh, that is to say, I saw her. <laughs> yep. Hey, sir. That is to say, I seen her. She seemed like a nice lady. Well, that nice lady set the cause of biological warfare back 30 years. We're only now finally caught up. Two more ladies come by earlier that day. One was real pretty. The other showed a plane. <laughs> and that cuts to Patty and Selma, which is really funny. Yeah. And I don't think we've ever had a scene with Patty and Selma and Mr. Burns before or since. I'm like, what an odd pairing. Yeah, you're right. I don't yeah. think so. Mr. Burns kind of hates being in a scene with them, even, it seems like. But yeah. I just love that both the taxi driver and the grave digger think that they're being clever, like... I saw her. That is to say, I seen her. I'm just <laughs> and we can't show you the visual joke, but I love when he turns around the computer to show the number 25. 25, <laughs> yeah. called, and his shock of like, oh, I have seen yeah, her. Just the number 25 helps him. <laughs> so good. Uh, even though 24 is the highest number. I'm trying to get the most Mr. Show references as possible on this episode. I'll deal with you uh, in a minute. <laughs> uh, but the... Uh, then there is the little I'm a hippie thing. Have you guys ever tie-dyed clothes? I did it a couple times. I think I did it no. once in the late 80s. It was, was day fun. camp. Born in the 80s. It's a puff paint. Puff paint on a shirt. Oh, no, yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> I think we tie-dyed with Kool-Aid, too. But Ooh. the gag here is that these are not the things hippies said. And no. It's fact the opposite. Look at me, Grandma. I'm a hippie. 
Peace, man. Groovy. Bomb Vietnam. Four more years. Up with people. You know, Grandma, I used to think maybe I was adopted. <laughs> I couldn't understand how I fit into this family. Now that I met you, I suddenly make a lot of sense. <sighs> I'm so glad to see the spirit of the 60s is still alive in you, kid. Mm-hmm. Then we get a, a reference to laughing, which mm-hmm. I was very confused by as a child. But I have to say... <laughs> If you want people to pay attention to your political messages, paint them on a young Goldie Hawn. Yeah, Ruth Everybody's This is the best billboard. <laughs> and I, yeah, there's plenty of clips you can find on YouTube. I did. I did. Yeah, it, I mean, did you watch this on Nick and Night when I, I was? Did. I was like, what oh, the yeah. fuck is this? I did. And it just had it had just enough in there for a kid to latch onto it because there's a bunch of catchphrases and repetitive shit. It was yeah. You, well, you like can't do clownish that. things will happen. Like water will splash yeah. on somebody. It, or... it, it is. You can't do that on television for adults. And, and <laughs> of course, soccer to me. Soccer to me. Yeah. No, and I'm meeting you hippies halfway. For, for me, I, w- I remember going into school and we would say, very interesting, but stupid. Yeah, like, that's yeah. from laughing. Or Ruth Buzzies smacking people with her purse, or the guy falling off his tricycle. But then when I would ro- watch it, there would be moments where I was like, what is like the Vietnam was what now? Why yeah, the people, are they? The people popping out of doors. I was like, what's behind those doors? Yes, yeah. And, oh, you're right, Chris. People popping out of doors like people popping out of lockers. lockers on you can't do that on yeah, television. Yeah, no, it's all the same. Wow! Yeah. Oh my god! I'm laughing. There were just more barf jokes. Yeah. On, uh, on, on you can't do that on television. What do you think's in the burgers? What do you mm-hmm. think's it's in the burgers. air? <laughs> That's how they did it. Oh, and the when I now got that as I believe a joke when Smithers says we're just now starting to catch up, as in saying like. It's pushes back 30 years. It was 27 years ago. Oh, you're so right. That is a joke. They are just starting to catch up with being pushed back 30 years. I, I do like much earlier when Burns is saying, he's like, those germs never hurt anyone. They never had a chance. The investigation comes to a point here, which I, this is my line of the episode. I don't know about you guys. Like uh, That's the joke. Man, we're going to need your assistance in locating this individual. <laughs> oh, you're fresh. Don't you want to play good cop, bad cop? Man, we're all good cops. I had no intention of playing the good cop. <laughs> Look, we know you bought the tombstone. We know the fugitive visited that tombstone. Whose tombstone was it? Just lift up your coffee cups and see. <gasps> good Lord. Put out an APB on a Eustwiss R-D-W-O. Uh, better start with Greek Town. It's all right, Simpson, Chief. You're reading it upside down. Uh, cancel that APB. But, uh, oh, bring back some of them, uh, gyros. Uh, Chief, you're talking into your wallet. <laughs> so they thank Josh uh, Weinstein for Eustwiss R-D-W-O. I love it. He was obsessed with. When you see it from that angle in that typeface, it does look like a little like Eustwiss Ardewo, but just so perfect is I just love Eustwiss Ardewo so much. And Fucking the, Greek town. Yeah, uh, Greek <laughs> town. It's a really nice added touch that Patty and Selma want the death of Homer so bad they're using that as a coffee table. They're like, we want to think about Homer dying yeah, every second we're that. in our apartment. Uh, and also that he's talking into his uh, wallet. wallet. Yeah. Though, though, if you know that... Wiggum this entire time does not want her caught. Mm, that's right. How much is, I'm sure it's a little from Kyle May and B, but how much is Wiggum wow. doing it bad on purpose You're right. or no, trying no. to prevent them from catching her? You know, it? looking back on it, I think the Eustace Ardiwo thing is him being stupid, but I think the wall thing is him faking a call in, you, too. I think you yeah, can justify you're right. that. Yeah. Damn. Also, another thing I caught for the first time in this is when they lift up the coffee cups to see the name Homer J. Simpson, the only one who audibly reacts to the name 
is Smithers because mm. obviously the two FBI agents aren't going to know. And Homer Simpson is a name that is meaningless to Burns. So only Smithers is like, <laughs> whoa, Homer Simpson. Oh, no. I, I really love hearing it in the clip. I love Mr. Burns being repulsed by uh, Selma. Like, yes. Ugh. Ugh. He's, he can't stand that he's having to be in their yeah. apartment and hear them talk. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so then we get the gag. Like you said earlier, Bob, they... Couldn't get Wham's Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Too expensive. They made it, I just read somewhere that it was not in time for the episode to air. Burr, burr. They, they say expensive. They said the they wanted 25000 and they said, no thanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which uh, makes you think the other 60 songs might have been cheaper. Or like, oh, more realistic. Way more. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, they spent so much on songs. It's also like, ABBA isn't cheap. Like, yeah. ABBA's very famous, too. Maybe Worldwide. Not, Waterloo yeah. is not the biggest ABBA song, though. No, it's probably on the low end. But a little history on Waterloo, folks. That the, the place. Napoleon invaded. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so Waterloo was their debut hit song okay at eurovision the reason why anybody gives a shit about eurovision is because the competition of eurovision is where abba made their at least europe-wide debut eurovision is i guess like american idol but for dumb european countries but no it's for it's where they have a competition of like England has this group. France has this group. And Sweden, in 1974, had ABBA, who were... If you can watch the video on YouTube of their Eurovision performance, it's very toned down compared to what you'll see Eurovision performances are today. But it blew people's minds <laughs> in 74 hearing them sing Waterloo. It made them mega stars in Europe, and then it came over to America, too. And uh, ABBA... <laughs> Famously broke up in the 70s, never got back together, yeah, still haven't. I think there's like a standing offer of like $900 billion if they reunite and they won't do it. It seriously was a billion dollars yeah. they were offered. And I think, uh, actually, Chuck Klosterman in one of his books has a really good thing on the history of ABBA. And he talks about that billion dollar thing. He's just like, that's too high to say yes. Like, no, whatever they do, however good they are to perform together, everyone will just be thinking, well, this is a billion dollar reunion. This isn't good enough. Yeah. I mean, I do like ABBA, but I will say Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go would have been a funnier and gayer Much choice. Gayer song. Yes, it is. Look, ABBA isn't not gay. It's true. It's true. I, never, I, I like my conservative... My parents' conservative parent, uh, my friends' conservative parents like ABBA. Brett Elston <laughs> likes ABBA. I, I just no. I don't, Wham not, is much more gay, yeah, right? They, well, ABBA in 1995. ABBA are. Uh, bunch of straight people it's mm-hmm. two couples and that's another reason they haven't reunited cheesy. because they are all divorced and they're not nazis like ace of base exactly <laughs> yeah ace of base tried to be the new abba but they're nazis look it up guys it's, it's true not a joke like uh all that she wants is a fucked up song about welfare queens yeah but in scare uh, quotes i don't actually believe yes, that the it's what they believe yes anyway let's hear some music <laughs> I've been waiting 25 years for this moment. Hmm? I'm sorry, sir. I must have taped over that. Freeze. FBI, the jig is up. All right, I admit it. I am the Lindbergh baby. Wah, wah. I missed my fly fly data. Are you trying to stall us? Or are you just senile? A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> Sir, she's gone. <laughs> Great. So, of course, Burns in the Tank 
obviously a reference to Dukakis yep. in the 88 mm-hmm. election. I will say the biggest problem Democrats have is like, you think Republicans are tough? I'll be tough. Mm-hmm. I'll we, put people in jail. I'll get into a tank, and it never works out. We'll put, uh, uh, we, we vote for us if uh, we put black people in jail, too. What did you do? <laughs> we'll it? do it twice as hard. Twice as hard. We, we don't like welfare queens either. We'll do it. Like, uh, fucking... That's exactly why the government is shut down right yeah. now. <laughs> At the time of this recording. I mean, uh, any time anytime you're listening. Gridlock! <laughs> uh, but the, you know, actually hearing that again, if that instead cut to... Jitterbug. Yeah. Jitterbug. Would have made... It would have been funnier. It would have been funnier. But oh well. Uh, that, that visual sequence of them raiding the house to that song is yeah. just a wonderfully understood yeah. joke. I really like it. It is pretty great. And, and that... Harry Morgan or the Dragnet guys are pointing guns at the Simpsons family, which is pretty weird when you think about that it. That is true, yeah. And I just love all the acting on Grandpa. I said it before when he does his hand motions for a little from column A and B, but also when he says, I miss my fly fly data. He moves his hand <laughs> yeah. like in a plane. It's and beautiful. The Limber baby was killed. Yes. That's why he couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah. It's dead. That's that's not a fun mystery. <laughs> Just a, but also the the impotent rage on Burns. He's like, mm, yeah. When he lifts his fists up to his face. It's. I kept expecting him to pull his helmet off and throw it to the ground. But oh, I forgot he still has it on. That's almost a little too vigorous for Burns. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but how do they get away? We made it, Homer. It's all thanks to our anonymous tipster. But who are you? And why did you tip us off? Well, it's because of your old lady that I got rid of the asthma that was keeping me out of the academy. Thanks. Sure, just think of me as an anonymous friend who rose through the ranks of the Springfield police to become Chief Clancy Wick. Yuck, 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 yuck. That was a really nice favor, even though Homer kicked them out of the B-sharps. Yeah, that's true. Wow. <laughs> again, yeah, we can't acknowledge that history. I brought it up during the live show, but that history does not exist between any of these characters. Yeah, again, it's those are questions for another time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, that yeah, he's also so stupid that he's like, the anonymous tipster and just says his full name. But Homer is extra stupid by hanging up on him. Though this is... <laughs> It's usually a competition when Wiggum and Homer are in scenes together. Like, who's the dumber one in this? And they kind of shift from scene to scene. And then we get the heartfelt farewell, which mm. before I play it, listen for the dough because it is not Glenn Close's dough. That's true. Well, there's my ride. The underground awaits. At least this time I'm awake for your goodbye. Oh, Homer. Remember. Whatever happens, you have a mother, and she's truly proud of you. Oh, Oh, hurry up, man. This electric van only has 20 minutes of juice left. Don't forget me. Don't worry, Homer. You'll always be a part of me. Don't! Sound of the van. I yeah. can only hear it in, uh, in audio form. <laughs> so, sad story time. Like I said, I have a deadbeat dad. And this scene really means a lot to me because I remember as a little kid, if your dad leaves and you're like four or five, you're like, what are the rules? Can any parent just leave whenever they want? So, mm-hmm. well, my mom, my single mom would like go to class or to work. I would just stand in the window and wave until she was way too far away for me to Aww. see her or her to see me. And people, like adults <laughs> around me would comment, like, that's very sad. That's, like, <laughs> that's an extremely sad thing Bobby's doing. Oh. So I was like, that, that, just having that feeling, it's like if my mom might not come back. 
is uh, man. this is I think that's why this episode really hits home with me because it's just like I had those feelings. Yeah, no, I my mom I, won't leave me alone. I can't. <laughs> you stable family yeah, children. How dare you have too much love? <laughs> oh, she's the worst. No, I, I, I definitely have these feelings of just like a love from a mother, but not not having to say goodbye to her. My both my parents are still with us uh, today, but it's it, de- it definitely gets you just like well, you'll have to say goodbye to your mom someday. But just yeah. those those words too of like you have a mother and she's very proud of you just like what more do you want to hear from a parent like it's just so and i did i guess maybe this also got me more too because i had some as i said i got married recently and had some heartfelt conversations with my mom on that day and so uh it touched me too in that way but oh man i'm avoiding talking to my parents so i don't have to tell them my girl left me Uh, (laughs) they can find out next christmas (laughs) let's see how long i can go this last scene this last basically drawing is it fucking wrecks me every time i was watching this in public i usually do a lot of my work in the pizza pub that's by my house because it's fun hang out there and i'm like am i gonna break down in public oh that you should lens like here comes the waterworks whenever this this whenever the song is perfect and this beautiful shot of homer you never feel more sympathy for this stupid mean man when it's like it it humanizes him more than any other shot like he wants to be alone to process things and even when i so i was listening to the commentary this morning while playing monster hunter and just playing monster and i'm like Fuck, this scene is getting to me while I'm playing Monster Hunter and listening to comedy writers talk about it. It's like almost Pavlovian at this point. Like, let me know out there, this scene wrecks me. And I was talking about it on Twitter, like, more than the Futurama episode, uh, Jurassic Park. Yes, I was like, I don't like Jurassic Park. I feel like it's too manipulative. This is so simple and beautiful. Luck of the Fryish gets me more than Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, it's because, better. Well, it's also, yes, everybody's had a dog, and it gets me on a dead dog way. But I actually, I have a complicated relationship with my brother, too. Mm. So seeing an episode about brother problems and Luck of the Fryish gets me more so. Yeah, and I mean, I love animals, but I feel like... A montage of a dog slowly dying is too much. <laughs> Having a a sad man like peer into the into the like the sky is beautiful, yeah. and the song and Homer, is so great. Homer, who's never been introspective once on the show, he's now alone with his thoughts, just staring at the sky for hours. Yeah, like mm-hmm. hours and hours. He could go home, but he decides I'm going to stay here all night and just stare at the sky. And especially after like you know after an episode with a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, sadly, as a person, all who, this on the run stuff, and here's Homer. Well, not on the run, still. but like in terms of the animation, how oh, like everybody's yeah. moving around at a lot more fluid level, mm-hmm. and yeah. then for the last minute, two minutes of the show, because they didn't like allow them to squeeze the endings or yeah. like do anything. Like this has to be shown at the end of this episode. Yeah, it goes like, right just, into the credits. It's just two minutes of catharsis. Yeah, and that uh, I believe David Silverman said he was drawing that scene at the table read because he just loved it so much he was like that that's why that shot is so beautiful too that like david silverman believed in that of like no this is the strong ending to this and it i think too it's it's for a show that's as writer driven as the simpsons that all depends on the art that shot like that doesn't work without a beautiful art as someone who likes to hunt cheap animation cells there's no movement so the person Mm -hmm. who owns this Kind of owns the only God. moment wow. from this sequence people find moving. Who One of the five it? richest kings have, of Europe. I have to imagine like it didn't leave the studio. Somebody yeah. prop, somebody involved with the production kept this yeah, but, as yeah, they should have. You're right, Henry. This just proves like how important the art is to the show mm-hmm. and how important David Silverman is. Yes. I'd say if we were to rank most important people to The Simpsons, I would say Graining has to be first. Probably. Dan. Well, no, no, no. I'd say 
James, no, it would be David Silverman, Jim James L. Brooks. That's yeah. what I would In terms say. of writers, I no, guess voice actors well, would be different. Well, yeah, no no voice actors. Yeah. Just writers or, or animators. David Silverman was there from day one of the shorts. He defined so many looks and characters in the whole world. And when Brad Bird wasn't the, cre- the dire- series director anymore, Silverman took over and he was more than up to the task to match it. I hope we get to talk to him one day. I really want to talk to him about Pixar. It seems strange that he was just there, there so briefly and I then know. came back. I mean, I think they just needed help to finish mm. Monsters, Inc. And so they brought in a ringer. Like, who wouldn't get David Silverman? And I don't like that movie very much. <laughs> ah, it's fine. I well, love David Silverman, though, and the art is fine. The most touching part of Monster, <laughs> Inc. is just a shot they stole from uh, the Chuck Jones classic cartoon with the dog and the cat. Oh, you're right. Well, when Sully <laughs> thinks Boo is dead, it's the exact gag. I, I guess I did make that connection Mark 17 Anthony. years ago. Yeah, they say it on the commentary, mm. which if you want to hear more David Silverman talking, you can hear him on the Monsters nice. and Commentary. Uh, oh, but I didn't, I forgot to say that, yes, the, the doe is not Glenn Close. They didn't think she did it exactly right, but they already had the temp trap from Pamela Hayden. I That's believe? right, yeah, she did the entire temp track for Mona before mm. Glenn Close came in. So they just kept her doe. So the last word you hear in this episode the doe mm-hmm. is not Glenn Close as Pamela Hayden. And you wouldn't know unless someone told you. Yeah. It's it's very good. I mean, yeah, Pamela Hayden matched her voice very well or did a Glenn Close type very well, but also like, don't! Like, it's a scream, you yeah. You say it in a, in a weird... Well, though what kind of bugged me in first viewing of this episode was the commercials for this use that shot in it. Mm. like Because they're like, well, we ought to have her say doe. It's a funny moment. It's like... You blew this moment in the, a little bit in the huh. commercials. Yeah, I for guess it. I guess you don't really have the context for yeah. that though, though. But yeah, it's you're right. still it's kind of a waste of like, oh, well, how are we going to advertise this? Show the last scene of the episode. But yeah. for the first airing, they forced Fox to not put like coming up next on Martin. Yep, didn't squish <laughs> yeah. it to the side, didn't do ads. <laughs> Martin is feeling rather randy. <laughs> on an all new rock. <laughs> it just lets you just sit with it for a whole minute, like a whole minute. It's yeah. beautiful. But yeah, an amazing episode, the most emotional episode in my opinion. And again, Oakley and Weinstein regret not nominating this or submitting this for the Emmy and I agree this should have been the show they submitted it's just yeah. as touching as Lisa's wedding and it's beautiful and it's even better than having 3D animation on TV I would say so yeah, yeah. I think I'd also say in this episode Homer had recovered from his liposuction really fast <laughs> that is true <laughs> <laughs> wow but no this is one of the most touching to me too for the reasons I said before I'm a real mommy's boy me too so, me too uh, seeing all this stuff about a mother along with a a uh, father who's cruel to you. <laughs> like, yeah, this gets me. This gets me. I, my mom is not a radical leftist and didn't leave me for 27 years. But, uh, but in a way, don't all mothers become radical leftists and leave you for 27 years? In, in me- metaphorically, maybe. metaphorically, I don't know. So yeah, this has been great, everybody. Thanks for listening to Talking Simpsons. I've been your host, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. That is a classic gaming podcast every Monday at retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast catcher. That's what they're called. Uh, we've been around since 2006, so we've probably done something you care about, and I recommend sure. you look up one of those subjects and download the episode. I think it's good. Thank you. It is very good, and I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. You can find out all my updates on the show there. I retweet fun Simpsons stuff, and it's also where you can learn about new things coming to the Patreon at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons, which is what supports the show, and you get every episode a week early and ad-free. You get access to every episode of Talking Critic, our complete look at every episode of the Critic, including the terrible web episodes not to mention every episode of the first season of the simps of talking simpsons our look back at the classic simpsons shorts for ten dollar and up folks 
And tons of cool new things coming soon, including Talking Futurama mm. and more podcasts. We'll give you so much stuff for just $5 a month. I find it reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for Sideshow Bob's Last Gleaming. See you then. Mm.